What's going on, everybody? It is your host, Jasmine Q. And today we've got another super insightful episode for you. We are talking to my friend Hawk, and he is a director and cinematographer in Austin, Texas. And today I had him on the podcast to talk about how he manages his client relationships and expectations so that not only can he have a good experience working, but so the client can have a good experience with him and so that he can get paid what he deserves. You know, working with clients and and finding the right clients is something that often doesn't come natural to most of us. It definitely did not come that naturally to me. And it is very scary to stand up for yourself. And it is very scary to present yourself as confident in your services and your prices. So I hope that you guys find this episode helpful. I know I definitely took away some really good tips from just talking to Hawk about how he manages all that. So without further ado, let's get this conversation started. Alrighty, everyone. Welcome to another episode of For Creativity's Sake. I'm your host, Jasmine Q. And today's episode, I'm very happy to introduce my friend, Hawk, who we were just saying how his first name is James, but I don't want to call him by his first name because it sounds odd. <laughs> <laughs> sounds very weird. Um, but yes, so I would love to know, or the audience would love to know, the listeners would love to know, what title would you give yourself? Oh, as like a... As, as like, like a what you do for a living. Wow. For what I do for a living, uh, I generally put myself in like the director, cinematographer kind of role. Okay. Um, I do editing and I do photography, but I don't feel like they're my strengths per se. You don't feel like editing is one of your strengths? No, not at all. Really? Yeah. If I could have somebody edit all my footage, <laughs> you I, just would. I would just like... Yeah, but it would have to be someone good. Like I would, I would, I think you're a great editor. Thank actually. you. I appreciate yeah, that. I would, I would have you edit the heck out, out of, of out of your stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. No, because I, I mean, I didn't really know that. I thought that you liked editing a lot, but that's interesting okay. that you would introduce yourself as a DP kind of. Yeah, you know, DP and director usually. and director. Yeah, that's cool. I'm one of those that like I'll I'll generally do the yeah. role of both at the yeah. same time. Um, but yeah. yeah, how do you feel about the word content creator? content creator um do you dislike it do you like it i th- i think it's like an accurate thing yeah but it's also like so general yeah you know it just <laughs> feels like um like oh cinematic like just got like overused it's like yeah, yeah. it is but like <laughs> you would rather call yourself a director or cinematographer yeah than a, than a content creator gotcha. i guess i mean like artist i guess would be like another term because i do a lot of different mm-hmm. things yeah because i know that there's some people that would call themselves like they would rather call themselves like a videographer photographer versus like oh i'm a director or dp because i feel like director dp is very um it's very official it's very profesh in the filmmaking world um but another thing that i want to talk about is a little bit about what you what kind of video you do or what type of video you like to do Mm -hmm. um so what kind of video is your favorite to do I really like music videos, mm-hmm. um, mostly for their, like, uh, how do you say, like, anything goes aspect to yeah. them. Um, you can, I don't know, just do things that you don't get the liberty to um, in other forms of video. But I also really like um, doing videos for tattooers, and that's kind of where 
most of my uh, business usually is, is with them. Tattoo artists? Yeah, because they're just good clients. Yeah. And they embrace sort of like, I like a lot of like dark art and stuff. So mm-hmm. usually the two kind of go hand <laughs> they, in hand. They do go hand um, in hand. So I get a lot of liberties there too, which yeah. is why I think I like it. I feel like if I were to describe your video style, it would be like very like tattoo if you could describe video as that it would be very like tattoo shop-esque like everything that you do it just has like even if you shoot other commercials or or other other types of video videos that i've seen you shoot it always does have that like very dark moody aspect yeah i guess (laughs) no which is cool though it's cool that you have defined your own little style and your own little niche which i feel like a lot of people have a hard time doing because a lot of people want to do what's popular Mm-hmm. And I feel like the darker, maybe moodier, hardcore style of video is not as popular right now. Yeah, probably, probably it's not. But <laughs> I, I think, um, I think defining a niche is really important. Yeah. Um, because it then just gives you like the people that want you like really, really want it. You know, because you're the guy, and yeah. it's like, and I, and I kind of know that. So like, if you're a tattooer and you want. Mm-hmm. a video for your tattoo shop or you as an artist like i know I'm a, I'm a pretty top contender in that yeah. list I think. how so. did you how did you get started with well how did you get started with video in general was it through tattoo like doing videos for tattoo parlors shops how we call it um it was my first like client gig was was tattoos um but if I'm going really far back, go, I used to I, film yeah, myself. I used to take my stepdad's like little, uh, like you know those cameras. I don't know what they're called. Like the in uh, the the lens is like attached to it. Like a camcorder? You know? No, no, no. It's like the small, compact ones, like the little pocket-sized cameras. Oh, that you like see the at ones Target. That, you, that you do on like MySpace photos and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, exactly. Like so I used shoots, to take those, shoots, yeah. and I used to make videos of myself playing guitar to like get okay. better and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I stopped for a while, and then. I picked it back up when I like started taking um like my hair business really seriously mm-hmm. like six years ago or well I guess I started taking it seriously like five years ago um mm-hmm. and basically I would just like take photos of like haircuts and stuff and then I realized like oh the better the photos look the more attention they get online so then um there was that and then I was like oh it'd be cool to do like video and then one of my clients actually um I was like, hey, I'll I'll video you, but like I don't I don't really want to edit it because I just shoot photos. I just like it's a this video or this camera is <laughs> yeah. so good for video and uh-huh. I just never use it. Like mm-hmm. if you want to edit the footage, like I'll just give it to you. And I was like, Oh, dope. So I would have him film me doing haircuts and stuff, but like he didn't know how to film like a hairdresser and yeah. I didn't know how to film. Yeah. But I ended up just like telling him like, you know, little spots that he could go to and all that. Um, so you were directing him? Yeah, like unknowingly, uh-huh. unknowingly, I guess, you know, um, and then it just got to a point where he ended up moving to England mm-hmm. and I was like, damn, like, what am I going to do? And then I was <laughs> uh, like, fuck it, like, let me get a camera. So got a camera, started shooting videos for myself of mm-hmm. like me doing hair and then for other hairstylists. How did you I shoot did videos of yourself doing Tripods. hair? So you just sit it up on a tripod and set just it get... on a tripod and move it. Yeah. Really? Yep. As you would do different, like yeah. different, um, what is it? Different process of the, like the whole process of a haircut. You would just yeah. move it as you did different parts of that. Yep. Shampooing and like Man. all that sort of stuff. Really technical haircuts too. 
Damn, that's like the definition of like DIY. <laughs> just do it yourself. Like just filming yourself doing that, moving the tripod. I think that's really interesting because I feel like a big thing that I that I think helps creators be better is to work with that limitation. Mm -hmm. You know, especially that sounds like a really big limitation that you started with is like, oh no, I have no one to film me doing haircuts. I'm just gonna set my camera on a tripod and just get different angles of me doing whatever it was. How did you? Is that something that you were like you enjoyed a lot, or is it something that you felt like you had to do in order to get more hair business? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> I liked doing it to yeah. an extent. It was fun. Um, actually, the first like first camera i got was like a nikon um d 350 650 something like that yeah. i don't know i bought it from used from a friend mm -hmm. and uh I, I didn't really love it no it just it like i did one video with it and i was like uh i hate this so then <laughs> yeah. i bought a sony um a7 III and then it, it made it more fun mm -hmm. i guess um because then i got like a cool lens for it at 8518 and i was just like oh okay this is like more interesting yeah um I've always been like really gear savvy too. So like learning about cameras and doing that was fun. Um, the original question though, I kind of forgot it. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't worry. The original question was, um, did you do it to get more hair business or did you do it because you actually started to like it a lot? You know, okay. what was the motivating factor there? Were you like, I really want to do video. It seems really fun. Or was it like, nah, I just need some more hair clients. It was, um, yeah, it was it was fun in the aspects that I yeah. said, and then it was like not fun in the aspect that it was a lot of work on top of mm -hmm. working, usually yeah. like six to seven days a week, Damn. like all the time. Mm -hmm. um, but the motivating part of it on the hair business side was I actually have more views on my hair page, or I did. I don't I don't know if all of them like do now, yeah. but um, they were like. 15 to 20,000 views like I I was I feel like you pushing. were you were popping was in the hair popping space in the hair <laughs> space for for a minute I did some cool stuff with it um, yeah. so it was motivating to like mm -hmm. see like myself put something out and then have it get a bunch of views and I'm like damn like I'm not even a video guy at that time I didn't consider yeah. myself to be a how video many years guy. ago was that at that point it's not even that long like two maybe three years ago so you just started doing video like two or three years ago yeah dang mm -hmm. And you were just doing it for the hair stuff. Just doing it for the money. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. So um, when I met you, so you moved to Austin the same time that I moved to Austin, like a year ago. And we're both from Boston, which is cool. But when I, so when I met you here, like I got the sense that you came here and your main thing was like you were going to do video, right? Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what, what was that? Why did you switch over from your hair business like being a hairstylist to now i'm gonna do video why was that a thing um i think it ultimately came down to um well i mean obviously there's a lot more money in video than hair is there i know nothing about the hair oh okay i mean yeah. like <laughs> you, I, said, you oh, make okay, you make bank doing hair for sure yeah. if you're good and you know how to manage yourself and uh -huh. like you know i consider myself to be that way and i ran a pretty good business mm -hmm. um but that being said um i can film one music video and yeah. put a lot of effort into it and make like three months of of like hair money so yeah, like, yeah so you're like you know why like, would i why would i not do that if yeah. you know i have the option to plus i was uh i've been having like posture issues and back problems and stuff and even though i was really careful about treating my body right uh mm -hmm. you know posture wise for hair cutting 
and all that still like wears a toll on you. So I wanted to do something that was different. And I, I don't know, I kind of get bored easy. Yeah. And I saw that, you know, I could make money off this. So I was and like, you just jumped right into yeah, when just, did you, when did you fully like cut the hair business off and then jump into video? Was it before you got to Austin or? Uh, it was a little bit before I got to Austin. Um, I was doing like, you know, probably like three weeks before mm-hmm. I moved to Austin. I kind of just stopped yeah. doing hair just to kind of clear my mind and yeah. just like get right. Cause I don't know, I'd saved up some money and I was like, you know what? Like if there's a time to really switch over, it's, you know, when I moved to a new place, Yeah, you know, just completely rebrand Okay. That's interesting. So then you got here to Austin. You didn't yeah. know anyone, right? Nope. Like, okay. So you pretty much pulled a me. It's like we both got here and we were like, cool, we know nobody here. And now we're going to start to build a video business, Mm -hmm. moving to a completely new spot and starting from scratch. How were you able to get new clients in Austin? Um, How did you manage to do that? Um, So one of the things actually, so I don't, I don't have a ton of Austin clients, if I'm being honest. That's true. You actually travel a lot. I travel a ton. Uh, yeah. And that's usually what it is. And that's usually, I feel like, how people kind of knew me. Yeah. It was just through social media. So, you know, I have no problem taking a flight and having it be a, like a short turnaround. And I don't mind taking like some of the cheaper flights and like all that sort of stuff. So I make mm-hmm. it work for them. But um, a lot of my clients are in like Michigan. Like, So then how did you acquire clients in different states then? How did that happen? Was it through the hair, again, through your hair business that you made all those connections or? A lot of them. Uh, I do music as well. Uh, right. Not in a paid sense, but, yeah. you know, I went pretty far and above with that. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so people kind of know me from that thing. And mm-hmm. then that lends itself to music videos pretty easily. And right. um particularly in states like Michigan. Um, I'm friends with some really talented producers there. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have clients sometimes, and I've always tried to be good to obviously like my friends that <laughs> yeah. I've known for like, you know, five or six years um, and the people that they recommend me. So, mm-hmm. you know, word of mouth through that and, and yeah. you know, they're reliable sources. So when what, they recommend somebody, usually it's a, yeah. it's a good fit. So would you say that a lot of your clients are also your friends? uh somewhat somewhat you know like they would be some of them are more like acquaintances Mm -hmm. um you know i treat each client relationship as its as its own thing Uh um i i don't think that i'm friends with all my clients Um, some of them i feel like don't want to be friends and that's cool i mean (laughs) like yeah that's that's fine um and then and then others of them do and and that's cool too and and how do you so i know that this is a big thing that that I think a lot of people struggle with and myself included. Like I think the whole aspect of like client relationships in general is something that I feel like a lot of people, especially who are new to the game and like freelancing or, you know, they're an artist and they want to build their business or even other people want to build their business and who aren't artists. Um, you know, client relationships is such a big important part of the puzzle that I feel like a lot of people forget about. What I think is interesting about you know, knowing you and seeing you do work and hearing you know, like stories from you is I feel like you are very, you're very good from what I've seen at not letting clients take advantage of you. Would you say that that's a true statement? Yeah, I'd say that's a true statement. <laughs> that's a true for statement. Sure. 
So how did you learn how to kind of stand your ground with clients? Because I know that a lot of creators who get started, they want to, you know, they want more opportunities. They want more gigs. They want more money. So I feel like a lot of us tend to overexert ourselves and then we don't stand our ground, you know, in, we don't kind of respect our time and our talent. You know, how have you been able to, how have you been able to work client relationships in that way where you're able to kind of keep your value and stand your ground and not feel like, yeah, like you're operating out of like this anxiety that you're not going to get the gig. Yeah. Um, there's a, there's a few things that few go things. into oh, that. He's about to drop some. Uh, <laughs> maybe. Um, so like one of them and this is maybe like where i feel like the root of it is at least for me is like i have ocd so i'm very particular gotcha um both in like how people speak to me Mm -hmm. and like how i have relationships with people like that matters to me a lot gotcha um so i kind of know in my head Mm -hmm. uh the kind of relationships i want to have with people or what i feel like is acceptable Mm -hmm. you know just back and forth with whomever it is because there are certain boundaries i don't necessarily have with everybody just you know, off of how we are with each other. Mm -hmm. Um, The second of which was uh, actually kind of tying back to the hair thing. There was a, uh, there's a hairdresser. I believe it's Andrew does hair is his Instagram. And, um, oh, we're about to draw a blank, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) oh, he says that a, uh, a bad client isn't necessarily a bad person. They're just not a good fit for you. And he related that to hair clients. And so I learned mm-hmm. that very, um, very well because mm-hmm. you have to manage those client relationships that you have with people mm-hmm. um, very carefully in that time because, you know, if, if it's not right from the very beginning, right, in like the process of a haircut, if I'm consulting with you, if you're acting erratic or you're um, asking for unrealistic things mm-hmm. given, you know, what you have going on, um, I have to, you know, manage your expectations and correct you and guide you Mm -hmm. early on. And I have to do it in a way uh, that makes sense to you and you're receptive to. Right. So um, I learned it in that way because, you know, I I just pick up on people really quick. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I was I was at a point where I was doing like 20 (laughs) haircuts a day, like seven days a week. So, like, I meet a lot of people. And right. so I know a lot of different types and I can tell with somebody what's going to be an issue very, very quickly. And then the third thing is um, just state problems that you have with people in the smallest possible way, in the most specific way that you can, if you want to communicate it to them, because uh-huh. that's, that's when you're going to get it at its, at its earliest point. So what do you mean by that? Like state problems? Um, okay. I'll use an example yeah. of just like something example. that was like, quick in my head um i was working part-time at a barbershop a client came in the other day mm-hmm. and uh he he just walked right up to me and he pointed at me and i said hey man don't <laughs> point at me i don't like that uh-huh. and he was like oh okay but it's like <laughs> yeah you know it, it's Very like little things it's it's something like that that I've, i felt like that was just like mm-hmm. it just came off as rude to me and mm-hmm. i'm just gonna tell you right then and there like hey man like I don't know who you think that I am to you, but like we are not on a level where yeah. you can just point at me. Mm-hmm. It's not cool. Um, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. You know, maybe if I had held on to that, 
uh, it would have built resentment in me. I'd be like, man, this guy like pointed at me like, what is yeah. wrong with him? But then if I don't say anything, then maybe he does something where, I don't know, you know, he, he just, he brings up maybe a rational point or maybe an irrational point mm-hmm. and uh, I'm already mad at him about something else. So now I give him an overreaction to something that could be a small ordeal. If he's used to just hearing no from me, you know, when I'm yeah. upset and then yes, when I'm like down with it, then right. it's, it's much more predictable and right. uh, he'll understand or, you know, he in this example yeah. would understand yeah. that, uh, <laughs> yeah. that that's the relationship that we have. That is an interesting way to put it. I feel like a lot of people are afraid to make that first, that first, like, hey, don't do that. Like, I, you know, especially me, like, I have gotten into situations where, and I know this goes for a lot of other people too, where I am not good at managing the expectation, like, right up front because I am too afraid to be rejected by this client or I'm too afraid to not have this client like me because I feel like I need everyone to like me or I need everyone to think that I'm like very flexible and open and free and I feel like a lot of people who get into this think that at first like they think that they need to be super flexible in order to get the gig or they need to be super you know open to however the client is going to treat you and I think that that's an interesting point that you make that if you establish that boundary you know, right up front when something smaller happens, that that resentment will not build up later. Yeah. You know, which is super important because then if you are, like you said, if you already have that resentment in you, then the whole process is just going to be super shitty, you Mm -hmm. know? So, I mean, is that something that you think took just practice doing or was that something that you've always kind of like had in you where you're like, nah, I don't, I don't fuck with that. Like, don't do that. You know, I mean, I've always been the kind of person that's had boundaries <laughs> yeah. um, for sure. But there was definitely uh, a learning process of um, like applying it to clients because mm-hmm. there's definitely been times where I, I may have overstepped my uh, yeah what I should have done. Yeah, it's just one of those things that's that's super hard to to do up front you know, and having the confidence to do that. You know, a lot of people don't have the confidence to do that. A lot of people are people pleasers. A lot of people want to give in hopes that they will receive and then they just end up getting, I don't know, I feel like there's a line between giving so much and serving so much, but then knowing like how to handle certain clients that are problem clients, like red flags per se. You know, I'm going to find out all your red flags before I have you sign a contract with me. How do you find out people's red flags? I ask a lot of damn questions. I will ask you (laughs) anything that comes to my mind. It'll be like a a full-up podcast interview. I do not, there's zero way to book with me other than through a phone call. Zero percent chance you're getting Got you. Yeah, nobody. So on the phone, all right, so this is a good good segue. So when you're on the phone, let's say you get like a music video client who's on the phone. What are some of the questions that you start off with like how do you do you know do you have like a system already in your head that you're like i know i'm gonna ask this and this and this and this to figure out if there's already red flags yeah so i mean with a music video consultation i would probably start it with you know okay do you have the song ready is it all the way mixed mm-hmm. that's a really important that's a really one. important that's question. a really important one <laughs> because i don't want to like uh, film to one mix of the song mm-hmm. and then by the time it's ready to edit you give me a new mix and then i have different audio files that's my worst nightmare true 
that's going to be like Hell things are not in time yeah. because we're trying to line this up to the millicent and if i don't see that anyways yeah that's going to be one of the first questions mm-hmm. i'm then going to ask you about uh the concept that you have in mind for your song mm-hmm. i'm going to ask you um you know how you like what different shots you want if you're really specific about it mm-hmm. if you have a reference video um that's something i ask for uh it's not necessary but yeah. All of this is is kind of in the realm of how prepared is this person? Mm-hmm. Then we get into the nitty gritty of like, okay, are you wanting me to provide all of the props and the, this and that, or are you going to provide it? And, you know, you see how they answer that. Okay, am I going to be responsible for providing you any actors or models or whatever? Mm-hmm. So you're finding out your role. Am I a producer? Am I a DP? Am I a director? Are you going to tell me how to set up the shots? Do you want to do that? I'm going to run a very different operation if I'm uh, just in the role of DP. You know, if if you want to stand over my shoulder and direct me the whole time, like, that's fine. And you're going to get the video that you're going to get from that. Yeah. You know, Um, Mm -hmm. versus it's it's a different service, I think, if I'm doing both director, DP, editing, all that sort of stuff. How much background content do you want surrounding Mm -hmm. the song? And, you know, you get you get a whole picture of what they want and then it's like okay am i giving this person a package am i giving this person just a video like what's their level at and then you get into obviously hopefully beforehand you've had a conversation about budget you know mm-hmm. um yeah how do you how do you handle the budget conversation i will just ask you straight up man and i will just <laughs> like you just got to tell me i yeah. say you know it like look at the end of the day if you go into best buy right mm-hmm. and you're like i want a tv mm-hmm that clerk is going to be like, okay, what's your budget? Because we have a lot of TVs. That's true. Right? They've got $50 yeah. TVs and they've probably got $3,000 TVs. Yeah. And if your budget is 500 bucks, like I'm not going to show you the 4K, you know, like yeah. wrap around 60 inch TV with ultra, like, no, like I'm going to be like, okay, cool. Like, let's go over to Vizio. You don't have like a ton of cash to spend on your TV and that's fine. So like, yeah. I would, I'd rather figure that out and, and have them just kind of tell me a general range. Mm-hmm. If it's good for me, great. If it's not, then, you know, maybe we try a little bit of convincing, but mm-hmm. I don't like justifying prices to anybody. Yeah. And it's just, I, I don't think you should, you should wiggle on it too much. Right. You know? So it, you, yeah, you would, you would say that, yeah, you don't like to justify. I mean, I think that's a very good habit to get into is like not having to justify your prices to people i mean i know i've worked with a couple people like that who it's like you say a price and they're like why is it so expensive like why is it this why is it that and it's like because it is because that just yeah (laughs) (laughs) because it just is the way that it is which a a lot of people won't they don't know how to communicate or justify do you so you don't even you don't even go down the whole nine of like i'm gonna tell you why it's this price you're just like it just is this price and that's it i mean if if you push me and you're you're asking, I guess <laughs> yeah. in like the the right way, right? Like, uh, I guess like I would explain it to a certain extent. Yeah. I would be like, well, it's very expensive, mm-hmm. you know, equipment, and my time is really valuable. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, if you want me, then mm-hmm. this is what you got to pay. And yeah. if price is more important to you, then uh, there's you know. UT film students, there's Fiverr, there's Upwork, right. there's other people on the internet. Like, I'm not your only option here. So if, mm. if you want what I'm giving, then this is what it is. And if you don't, like, that's cool, but I'm not the guy. Yeah. No, I think that that's very interesting, especially what you just said. Like, 
if price is more important to you? And I think that that is a very interesting psychological question <laughs> because I feel like it does raise in the client's mind, like, you know, if price is more important to them than say quality, then you should do X, Y, Z options. But I think when you present it to them like that, with that kind of psychological <laughs> twit, it's like a very subtle thing. Like if price is more important to you, then maybe it'll make them think, oh, you know, actually, no, I, I think quality is more important to me than price. Then maybe they start to, to budge a little bit. I mean, have you done that before where you... Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of when, when people start to get it. Yeah. You know, it's like, look, if, if, if you want me, then like, don't expect me to change, you know, right. just, just because you came along with like some money yeah. and you have like some uh, notion that this is like a, a large spend, like, mm -hmm. yeah, how much is, you know, say $2,000 in the average cost of running your business? Mm -hmm. You know, if, if you, for example, for like a tattooer, yeah. some of the ones that I work with, like a, a piece can easily run like between 700 and a thousand dollars. Right. Okay. If I'm running you a video with, you know, however many views it gets, if you have a significant audience, it'll probably get a few thousand views. Mm -hmm. Probably get a few clients out of that. If each of them are spending a thousand bucks, let's say on average, mm -hmm. say I brought in five of them, you made $5,000. I charged you three. You still made 2000 bucks, dude. Right. You know, there's some surrounding content. You can keep posting that. I'm probably going to make you more than five clients. Yeah. You know, if, if you're worried about an upfront, investment tell me you're worried about an upfront investment hey i'm kind of like just worried about giving anybody x amount mm -hmm. of money or or whatever then you know i i would like to get specifically into what the issue is with the price if if right. we're gonna you know get all chopped up over it yeah you know if if they don't just say okay well like i'll save mm -hmm. up till i have it or like nope can't do it if it if it's not one of those then mm -hmm. you know let's find out specifically why why you don't want to spend why you can't do this and mm -hmm. you know yeah i mean it is there. yeah and I, that's a good way to kind of position yourself as well is to it, yeah is to remind the client that okay why are they hiring you for a video they're obviously hiring you for a video to make more money so if you do your job right they're going to make more money hopefully more than you invest because if that's if you invest a certain amount of money you hope the output to make you a profit yeah and i don't know why i feel like a lot of like clients come to me and they're just like out of nowhere like i just want a video and i'm like why do you want a video and they just they're like i just i just want to promote this 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 or i just want to put this on my website and they don't take the time to realize that it's like okay no you want this video because you want it to make x amount more sales you know so i think putting that language into their head especially clients that just like they just come to you i feel like some people just want video for clout like they're not even like yeah know, well don't... especially you you said <laughs> and like here's how specific i am you said i just want a video don't say you just anything nothing about what i do is just, just this yeah no it's a lot it's yeah my whole ass life yeah <laughs> like yeah. you know like there's nothing just about it if you think right. it's just something then mm -hmm. you should just leave honestly oh, <laughs> like okay for real though like no, it, it just communicates a lack of of respect for what we do and right i mean if that's not there with somebody like why am i going to work with someone that doesn't respect or trust me and why would i work mm -hmm. with someone that i don't respect or trust mm -hmm. um so i i would make a very clear point to say that it's like 
we're not going to categorize what we do as just. As just. And something. I don't really want to work with people that don't have a specific goal in mind because, okay, say, say again, we're doing a video for a tattoo shop. Maybe one video doesn't cut it. Maybe we haven't found what your actual audience likes. Mm -hmm. You can have 60,000 followers as a tattooer, but maybe they don't all like the same thing. Right. You know, maybe they don't like the same kind of video. But, you know, if you do like multiple campaigns and you build a solid amount of content around one shop, eventually you'll mm -hmm. find the thing that really sticks with whoever yeah. follows that person. So the kind of client I want is someone that's like, okay, like let's try some things. Right. And, you know, I trust that you're going to be giving it your all and we're right. going to be coming up with ideas here. Yeah. So um, the, the people that, you know, are, are saying that you're just these videos, it's like they're small thinkers. And like, yeah. do I want to work with people that are thinking small? Like, not, not usually. Not usually. Because I try to do the most for people. That's just like, right. I will. With like bands that I work with, like uh -huh. I'm trying to connect them, teach them how to like approach managers and stuff. Like mm -hmm. I'm really trying to help people. So right like you know a lot of the times the money that you spend with me on mm -hmm. video is spent on other things too like i i really will try to develop a client and if that's not mm -hmm. worth my time if they don't value what i do that is a very good way to put it and i feel yeah no i mean that that in itself is something that a lot of people take a lot of time to learn you know myself again like i've been in those situations where you know i'm starting out and i i don't really see it as like a i think my problem was that i didn't really see it as a let me really help you and and, and determine whether i even want to work with you just the power of being able to say no to someone that's not a good fit is so empowering and makes you so much happier in the long run when you're able to just say no to people because i i think that a lot of us when we first get into the freelance game we are very we're a little anxious for money because we're, we're not sure where the money when the money's going to come you know so i think that saying no at first is a little difficult you know because people are like well i don't know when my next paycheck's going to come so i guess i'm going to have to work with this douchebag so that i can get this paycheck and i've i've put myself in that situation before where i was like damn i'm just going to work with this person that i don't really want to work with but i kind of need the money right now have you found yourself in those situations as well or are you very clear cut on like I am going to do only XYZ because I know that that'll propel me further than if I take this little I I have found myself in those <laughs> situations and um I found myself in them a few times and I've learned over time and again this is why I get really specific with it I would much rather like just get in the most heated arguments with you that I can before we agree to anything with each other and have the ability to walk away still than sure. have you on my ass on like whatever revision of your edit that we're on. Mm -hmm. If you're being an asshole by then, man, fuck me. Like <laughs> yeah. I do not want to deal with that like even a little bit. So, right. uh, and it's the same thing with haircutting. Mm -hmm. It's like, I would rather argue with you and have you like leave before i've started anything and then mm -hmm. just lose whatever 50 bucks off of you mm -hmm. like then you know have you sit in there and then giving me problems and then i'm running behind on people so i i've learned that the best time to do all of oh, your man. problems is right in the beginning because you can both still walk away mm -hmm. and that's not a totally ruined relationship with somebody 
Because um, yeah. usually when you're uh, dealing with the douchebags, as you call yeah, them, yeah. like, yeah. Or I guess I would just say, like, you know, like bad clients or just like mm-hmm. the the client that's not a good fit for me because they're a good fit for somebody. Right. That's that's really the truth is like there is somebody that like would just absolutely get along with that person and, mm-hmm. and they should go find them. Mm-hmm. And that's the service that you're doing to somebody is, right. you know, hey, before you like go ahead and spend a bunch of money with me, like say we just don't get along, yeah. you know, like, do you really want to do that? I don't really want to do that. Do you want to argue for like, like this whole process, the entire yeah. duration of our, our project yeah. and just be at each other's throats? Mm-hmm. Like not nah, a fun time. I don't really want to do that. No. So like, yeah. let's just get really on the same page when we first start. And then everything runs so much smoother. Yeah. Yeah. Once I figure out what you want and you're like able to tell me, then like that's the best position we can be yeah. in. That's awesome. No, that's that's a lesson that I feel like a lot of people need to learn. Some people learn it through just going through it a billion times, but I think if you can put it into that mindset into words like, okay, is the time spent dealing with that client that you just don't mesh with throughout the whole duration of a project, is it worth that money or is your time better spent? sending them to someone else and then you get a client that you actually mesh with and then that money is peaceful money it's not chaotic stressful money that's going to just put you back in a hole and then it's going to make everything take so much longer and then you're eventually going to lose out on money exactly people aren't really thinking that that far ahead unfortunately yeah most of the time (laughs) you got to be playing chess always right for sure yeah which i think is a skill that you definitely have down more so than I feel like a lot of people do which is why it's so interesting you know when I do talk to you and like I see it you know and then when we do just hang out like I can tell that you you are able to kind of know how to navigate the waters a little bit so that you do get the experience that you want out of it and so that it's as painless as possible whereas other people are just like no but I got to take this because if I lose it then I lose money and if Sometimes that's not as important. Sometimes you you need to lose that bad money. Not all money is good money. Yeah, man. And and money isn't like finite either. You right. know, like for at least for me, just mm-hmm. with the amount of other things that I do, it's like Yeah. I mean like yeah, your money would be nice, but like <laughs> I kind of value my time a lot more than money. Right. Like I'll figure it out, you know. Yeah. If I'm really struggling to make ends meet, like I'll just find somebody cool. give them a cheap video or a free video like i don't yeah i'll do something to figure it out and make my bills get paid on time right that's a good way that's a good way to put it um but on the topic of free video that you just mentioned i i like this topic a lot because i have gotten into the whole spiel where it's like i don't want to do any free video ever anymore but then there are times where obviously free work is beneficial to you and somehow how how do you kind of how do you navigate like doing free work for people how do you determine whether that outcome is going to be beneficial to you is it just the same thing asking questions or managing expectations yeah i mean there there is an element of that um usually i'm kind of the one approaching somebody else if it's a free thing um Because then, the, again, I think that would be a little bit strange if someone approached me. Hey, can I have your services for free? For free, yeah. No, no <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you can. <laughs> Why would I do that? Yeah. You know, yeah. you obviously want them. Um, but if, it, if it's the other way around and I'm kind of seeking something out um, 
then then that's worth it. And I and I think that if you're gonna do free things, there has to be an element of like, this is what I want to do. And if you don't like it, you don't have to post it, man. But like, <laughs> right? We're doing what I want. For yeah. This, you know, <laughs> you can tell me a little thing here or there that would maybe like, you know, mm-hmm. make you feel better about it or or whatever. But um, that wouldn't be the opportunity. I think I wouldn't allow the client. I guess that opportunity, if you could call them a client, free client. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't allow them the opportunity to like shape the video so much. I would just be like, look, yeah. like this is what I think. This is what I want to do for your thing. If you don't like it, mm-hmm. that's cool. Or if you just want to say like, hey, this is like what I would do if mm-hmm. I was you. And then, you know, now you see that I can film things and maybe you don't think it's perfect. You can pay me, you know, a small amount to edit it mm-hmm. the way you want it. Or, you know, um, you can hire me for an actual gig after that. Right. Um, I think that's where where the free stuff comes in is you should be experimenting a little bit and mm-hmm. it should be what you want to do. Um right. and then early on definitely do some free videos even if those free videos are for yourself. Um Yeah. yeah. Just for that portfolio piece. Yeah. You got you got to have a portfolio if you want people yeah. to, you know. Right. I think that that is a big thing. Yeah, that, if you don't have a demo reel like what are you doing? Like well, yeah, like <laughs> what are you going to pitch to people? Like you're yeah. gonna, not going to have much. Um no, that's that's very, very true. I really do think that free work has its place for sure. I think that not letting other people kind of come to you and take advantage of you and being like, hey, if you do this free video for me, like, I won't. Yeah, I promise I'll give you. I'll promise in the future, you know, I'll give you X, Y, Z things. I think that those types of things, I've gotten caught in those too, where someone's like, if you do this video for me now for free, in the future, I will. Pr- I will give you whatever it is that I'll give you. And I think that those are where I truly got screwed because I didn't clearly manage those expectations. I didn't say, okay, here's this free video that I'm going to do for you. I'm going to do this video for free if you can refer me to two clients or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I think that that needs to be in writing. And I think that needs to be very official and very formal or else yeah, you're going to get yourself in a situation where you, you get totally screwed because that's happened to me before. I've like lowered my rates for people in order to get something something promised in the future and that future thing never happened and then I get screwed out of my time and my money. Plus you're not happy when, yeah. when you lower your rates for someone. Right. That's, that's another thing that I, yeah. I think about like clients and stuff. Is yeah. Like, Hold on. You want me to lower my prices for you? How do you think that makes me feel? Like, do you yeah. do you think that that makes me value your project more or less? Less. Less. Right away. Right, right away. away. If you're like lowballing me for whatever reason, like, I really don't think that I think anybody's that <laughs> cool that I make yeah. myself less valuable. Right. You know. So. I think that is a good point as well is the whole lowering the rates thing yeah because like, it, it why do you want me to do that yeah that's sh- the appropriate question of that yeah. when you lower your rates why would you want that yeah because then yeah then you value that project less and it is really really true that whenever i've done videos that i've lowered my rate i've i've cheated them as if they don't matter as much like they're not yeah. a, a priority to me just by default because it's like all right well if the price is lower and just lowered my rates for this then by default i don't want to try my hardest on this video because i'm not getting paid what i what like you deserve sh- yeah what i deserve not even what you feel like no what you deserve what i deserve <laughs> look at that language change there he said now what you feel what you deserve yeah yeah no that's that's that is very very true i another thing that i want to kind of 
talk to you about is what has been the hardest thing about doing video as a business so far for you? Um, Cause I feel like a lot of people's hardest thing is like client stuff, but I feel like you kind of, it's, it's uh, I would say doing any of the producer job. I don't Produ- like that role at <laughs> yeah. all. I really try to avoid it. And that would be like, if I were to hire one person, it would be a producer. Producer. Yeah, yeah. 100%. And that's the person that, that is more so doing like the planning stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. So like a producer would, um, okay, say we have 4000 bucks. Okay, we have $4,000. We need X amount to go to props. We need X amount to go to director. Mm-hmm. Maybe can we afford somebody to, to do lights or, right. or you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, they allocate where all the money goes. They pay mm-hmm. everybody. And um, basically, it allows for the director or videographer or whatever, the mm-hmm. freelancer, um, the person behind the camera to be <laughs> yeah. on set. And that's the only thing they ever have to worry about is show yeah. up, have their list of shots that they need to get, mm-hmm. bang out those shots, and not have to talk to anybody but whoever they have to talk to in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's like, I don't want to have to worry about like, oh man, we got to get this thing from Amazon and then I got to drive to Home Beat Depot to get like right. this wood to build this frame for mm-hmm. whatever. And it's like doing all of that plus, you know, the actual mm-hmm. job of like filming and editing, it just like, it takes up so much time and you don't even realize it. Yeah. You know, like a lot all of that time spent preparing mm-hmm. could be time spent consulting with a new client and right you know getting a deposit and then just having that sort of thing so i would love to just like take some money away from myself and give it to somebody to else to get them to handle right. all that to then make more money and a lot of people don't even bill for that like a lot of people who start out they don't even bill for that planning time like that pre-production time of of doing anything is worth a lot of money and it's really stressful to be planning things with clients to be you know, if you are in the music video world, especially, that's why I stopped doing music videos. I did like three music videos and I was like, this is hell. I'm like, cause you have to figure out so many things, locations, timing, lighting, if you need it, models, cause actors, whatever it is, it's like, that's the most. And I just, I, I hate it. Honestly, like I, I think it's exactly what you're talking about. The producer role is what I hate. If someone took care of all of that shit and I could just show up, and direct and shoot it, I think I'd be golden too. Yeah. But like, oh my God. And then people come to you with like $500 budgets and it's like. That's why you just say no. Like at at what point is that even profitable? It's not profitable at all. Like I got taxes to deal with. Right. And like that (laughs) entire, yeah. Yeah. It's not profitable at all. And I think that, you know, a lot of people don't think about the pre-production process at all. Like even clients when they're hiring a videographer or a filmmaker or whatever it is, they don't think about oh, not only am I going to be paying to receive this video in its final format, it's like I also kind of need to spend money on the fact that this person has to sit here and plan like pre-production and storyboarding and strategizing is like I feel like that's the hardest, most time-consuming part because once you get all that done, then the shooting is like a lot easier. It's not as taxing for the most part, but people don't, People don't price that out. They don't yeah. put in the pre-production, you know? That, that sort of stuff, like what I, what I tend to do with, uh, with production yeah. uh, these days with music videos um, is the lower budget oftentimes 
the things that I'm cutting is all of the producer role. So it's like, what experience do you want here? If you have the budget for like an appropriate music video for Mm -hmm. what you want to do, well then, you know, I'll, Mm -hmm. I'll find somebody to, to produce it or I'll produce it myself because then it's, it's we're in an appropriate space for the amount of time that it takes. But you know, if if you want to throw the low ball thing, like, yeah, $500 budget. Sure. I'll edit it. (laughs) Yeah. You figure out everything. I will shoot it. Yeah. If you want to go B and H photo and you just pick up a camera, rent one of those, Yeah, you know, you can do that whole thing and then, and then I'll edit that. I'll edit it. You know, that's so true. Yeah. It only pays for a portion of the job. Right. Like a very small portion of the job too. If that. Yeah. And it's just, that's that's a good spot i feel like to to cut things out from or at yeah. least for me because that's like that's my problem area so that's going to be the first place when you don't have you know the budget that i feel like people should have because you know some people like yeah like whatever three thousand five hundred dollars like that's too much for some people and that's okay mm-hmm. and like i'll still you know do it for like two grand or whatever but like you're not going to get the same like level of you walking in there mm-hmm. being there for four hours and then going home Mm-hmm. like you're gonna have to deal with all that stress and then yeah. maybe next time when you hit me up for your second music video mm-hmm. you're like hey i think we're gonna spend a little bit more money this time right to get the better experience to get the better experience you know very very true when you put it like that it makes so much more sense and people are trying to i think what a lot of people try to do is they try to take all the roles instead of like cutting from a certain role like is what is exactly what you're doing you're like okay if you don't have the budget i'm going to cut from the producer role and you're going to get a lesser experience it's like people try to half-ass all the different parts of it so it's like if you you know if you come to me with a really low budget let's say i'm someone who's just starting out and then they will half-ass the producer role. Then they will half-ass the shooting. And then they will half-ass the editing. And then the whole project looks like half-assed. shit. Yeah, just half-assed. Yeah. And it's like, okay, that is what you're paying for. But yeah, I think it's interesting that, yeah, if you, if you kind of chunk it out and like, well, I'm just going to cut from the producer part of it. And, you know, your experience is kind of going to kind of be not as great because you're not paying for all that pre-production process. You know, I think that's an interesting way to, to put it. Um, but then moving on from music videos, so I know that that's a lot of what you do now. So music videos and tattoo shop videos. I don't know why I always blank out when I think of like tattoo. I'm like tattoo, tattoo videos, tattoo yeah. parlor, tattoo videos. You can, you can call it any of them. You can call like, it whatever. Yeah. Um, so moving forward from that, what do you hope to learn? I'm not going to ask you, where do you see yourself in 10 years? But like, what do you, what do you feel like you want to learn, you know, in this next coming year, if that Hmm. Um, geez, <laughs> I, I would really, really love to learn like real big boy cinema cameras. Like I would love Ooh. to learn like the RE system or the red system. Yeah. Uh, I have friends that use reds mm-hmm. and, uh, that seem like they would be willing to at least show me the ropes somewhat. Yeah. Um, and I would like to make a, a point to, to do yeah, that to do because, that. you know, we're, we're pushing in the TV space a little bit. Yeah. So, all right. Yeah. Uh, so you want to be on TV? You want to get your stuff on TV a little bit more? TV or 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 you know, like film productions and stuff. Mm-hmm. I just like, yeah. That's that's where a lot of my inspiration comes from. A lot right. of the times when I'm editing too, like I have two screens and I will just put up, you know, some related, you know, TV movie film mm-hmm. like whatever, um, uh, on one screen while mm-hmm. I edit on the other, and it and it kind of helps shape and influence uh, gotcha. projects and whatnot. 
So do you want to move more into... Do you have any interest in movies, like making yeah. narrative film? Yeah, hundred percent. Weren't you supposed to be on TV? Actually, your yeah, work we were. Was supposed to we be were on... supposed to be. I, I can't like. You can't say say much. specifics yeah. about it, but yeah, yeah. There was um. There, there was, was some tattoo TV shows that in uh, the works are are still in the works, mm-hmm. I guess. But um, as far as actually filming, yeah, um, a pandemic has <laughs> put, <laughs> a, put a halt on that. Has ruined everything for us. Is there a is there a genre of of filming that you would like to explore that's not music videos or tattoo videos is there a specific genre that you are kind of like oh i want to try that um short films with budget or at least a little budget budget, you know um even even if they don't like mean a ton um there's uh the observer by uh jensen noen i think uh scissor Mm -hmm. films this is a like an old project he did but I love watching that thing. It's like three minutes, just like a guy sitting in a <laughs> yeah. room and a girl like jumps out of a, a window into like consciousness or whatever. And it's like, man, that's cool. Like that's I want to cool. do that. You know? So do you, yeah. So what do you want to make? Do you have any, have you ever thought of ideas for short films that you want to pursue? Oh yeah. There's, I feel like you would yeah, have some crazy ideas. There's, there's one that uh, <laughs> I was planning out yesterday actually with, really? with a friend. So what is it about? Can you say, or is it? I don't want to say yet. I don't uh, want to say yet. He doesn't want to say yet. Not on, not on this, but yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll show it to you after. All right. Yeah. All right, it's pretty well. organized. You're going to be like, damn, dude. <laughs> All right. All right. You got a storyboard and everything for it yet? Uh, no storyboard for it yet, but um, yeah. it's, there's a lot of lore surrounding it uh-huh. and um it it'll we're trying to trying to make it something I'm trying to make it something trying have you ever shot on a cinema camera before i mean like a black magic you know but like like the black magic pocket cinema cameras yeah yeah, yeah 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 those yeah. and and i've i've watched like my friends mm-hmm. operate them yeah. um i mean at at a certain level it's like <laughs> okay I feel confident that if somebody set up a cinema camera for me and told me maybe like two weeks ahead of time yeah. which camera they were going to be using, if I could mm-hmm. rent it once, I could operate the thing. Like, yeah. you know, okay, maybe like set up the, you know, the grade on the on the camera, you know, mm-hmm. like whatever log footage. Yeah. You know, and show me where play is. Like, then you're <laughs> or like, record, okay, yeah. rather, yeah. <laughs> play, then, yeah. Play. <laughs> then you'd be golden. Yeah, yeah, I think you could shoot some cool stuff. Yeah. I think you have a very natural... A natural eye for I mean for only have starting for only having started two or three years ago i think you have a pretty good natural eye for it so now okay. is it like a passion of yours you think so yeah i mean I, it's it's a job that i enjoy um, right. and then i just overwork myself with it all the time because <laughs> i like it so much yeah so. no that's awesome and then yeah. i know so we're gonna we're gonna wrap up soon but i do want to talk about <laughs> your youtube channel too so what's going on with your with your YouTube channel space? Are you trying to grow that? What is it? Which what are you trying to do on there? Yeah, I'm trying to grow it. Um, yeah. I'm trying to you know increase the quality of everything as I put it out. Um, I'm trying to really develop like a niche audience, and that being um, you know musicians that have interest in developing themselves. Um, gotcha. In the video space, mm-hmm. so I uh, I've put out a few things about how to film yourself like playing guitar because that's like i said like one of the first things Mm -hmm. that i did on my own so that was like my first experience with a camera so it came very natural to me to do that plus i play guitar a lot you know that's the whole thing so there's that aspect of it but uh, you know i'd like to make it more broad and like you know cover other instruments Mm -hmm. and you know 
obviously be filmmaking related because like that's what I care about too. So it's yeah. some blend of that. And I've been building the audience a little bit. Um, probably I'm gonna try to do like monthly videos, and I want to get a, a yeah. Twitch channel started too. Gotcha. But there's a lot going on, and it's like a just trying to happy. keep it all organized. Yeah. Try not to half-ass anything. Make sure that I can devote right. some attention to it, which is really difficult to do. It is. I mean, yeah. I'm trying to do that right now, like doing the podcast, doing client work, building a creative community. You know, it's a lot to deal with at once, and then not half-assing it is the hardest part. Yeah, maintaining a social life, right. relationships, having like some relationships, family, man. like everything, man. That's it's like a lot. that's a lot to hold on to, and then maintain your own psyche, physical body, and like eat right everything yeah jeez man it's a lot the eating right is killing me sometimes i'm doing better though now but it's a lot it's a lot of balance it's a lot of back and forth like ping pong i feel like mm -hmm. but you know we out here just doing it we <laughs> out here getting it but you know i just want to thank you so much for for being on this episode with me i think it's very interesting talking to you because you are very i feel like you are very well spoken like the way that you explain things and the way that you talk about clients and, and managing clients is very it's interesting. I feel like I don't get that a lot from a lot of like filmmaker content creators well, now that I meet, you know, it's, it's a lot more like they do operate from a more like, I don't really know how to do that client stuff kind of anxiety place. That's where I come from too. So that's why it's cool to talk to you. Cause I, you know, you have experience running a business prior to running a video business. So I feel like that was obviously very helpful for you to, it was, yeah. To kind of like, no, okay. Now when I go into video, I know how to do this versus I came straight out of a nine to five straight out of college, like literally knowing nothing about business. So here I am just, you know, flapping around. <laughs> and so it's cool to talk to you and be like, Oh yeah, you know, you're right. I, I should approach it this way or I should do this. And I've learned a lot over the past year. So I think it's, it's really cool to see that come to life because it's like, okay, I'm, I'm cool with the camera in my hand, but when it comes to talking to clients, I'm like, bro, like I cannot, like I can do it and I think I'm getting better at it, but it's, it's not something that I think comes very naturally to me because I think picking up on those little nuances of like, you know, what this person is saying to me, how I'm responding to them, how do we come to a mutual, you know, understanding of expectations and the whole power of saying no. I've said no to more things recently than I have in forever. Did it feel and good? And it feels good. Yeah, it does. Because it's <laughs> like, wow, guess who's not having to deal with that headache? Me, yeah. <laughs> you know? And I think that that sets me up to have more energy to do everything else that I want to yeah, do. Yeah, you feel better about the projects that you do. do. Right. And so That's really what's important. I think that's what we're after mostly is yeah only working on things that we like doing but i like to do yeah like i can do it it's possible to do that it's yeah. like i always thought i just had to take everything that came my way and i was like actually no i can just do the things that i like to do and then i will as a result be happier and then if i'm happier i'll have more energy to put back into the things that i'm doing so it's a whole long big cycle and your but clients will be happier too that's the number one thing that i hear usually after yeah. the end of a project is like thanks for making this really easy because i'll baby your ass through it yeah and like as long as you give me the things that i want the way that i want them the mm -hmm. way that when you set up all that groundwork then it just makes them like oh okay we're just going through steps here and when he needs me involved i'm here and when i'm not i'm hands off and yeah. this is how i tell him that i don't like the direction and it's really simple because everything is very compartmentalized and mm -hmm. there's limited 
you know, arguing because they know how to speak to you and, and whatever. Right. So they feel like they have a really good experience through that. Yeah. And it all comes from, you know, I guess filtering, you know, yeah. the there's a there's a term that I'll leave you with in the in the <laughs> hair business. It's called trimming the fat. Trimming the fat. Trimming the fat. Yes. It's just when you raise your prices, it trims off a little trims off a little bit of section. The fat. It's usually between the like eight and seventeen percent on the high end nice. of uh of your clients to okay. expect to lose when you do that. And um yeah. yeah, they're usually, you know, as far as your personal growth, the people that mm-hmm. weren't like your true fans, so to speak, or the people that really cared about it and those are the people you want right the true fans we all want the true fans and i think that is a good place to leave off i think that's a good thing to take away is to be keen on trimming the fat and not being afraid to trim the fat because a lot of people are afraid to lose all that and i think that it's something that you shouldn't be too afraid of because in the long run it's going to make you go so much further than if you keep all the nastiness there that you don't want so good point to leave off on before i close the conversation where can people find your work uh first of all thank you for having me it's you're welcome wonderful. it was a uh, you're awesome. a wonderful host oh thank you thank you i appreciate yeah, that you're doing good work here um <laughs> and yeah people can find me at nevermore visuals on uh nevermorevisuals.com at nevermorevisuals facebook.com slash nevermorevisual man it's oh, just you like got the, you got that yeah the name. only thing is twitter uh they have a character limit so it's nevermorevisual not plural oh um, that's kind of bullshit it's okay <laughs> it's okay you know, uh twitter add yeah. one more character please they're never gonna see that it's fine <laughs> at but. twitter dog help me <laughs> yeah. out yeah okay so never more visuals on every platform you have yeah. dominated every platform with that gmail name. too yeah oh yeah. wow look at that all right so it's gonna be easy to find you yeah all right so that's great so yeah never more visuals guys please hit him up he is super knowledgeable very talented and yeah you're always out and about shooting and and, and doing cool stuff so Thank you so much for being here with me today. I know we didn't have our coffee this morning. It's okay. But I, I appreciate it. you powering through the sesh. But thank you all for tuning in. I hope you found that episode valuable. I know that I did. And I hope to see you in the next episode.